Thank you for tuning in to the 123rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, whether you're listening via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. I want to thank you for making me an initial part of your day, as always. Going to have a great show today. Going to be a little bit shorter. Going to have Ben Karen, host of the Sports Cooperative Podcast, on the show. What should happen with Tom? Where should he go? Does Regret, regret, not regret, not regretting, not trading Tom Brady when he had the chance and keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're going to talk about the run that LSU had uh, last week. They cap off the greatest season ever, uh, beating the Clemson Tigers and blowing them out and having that dominant, undefeated season. I'm going to talk about all that with Ben Karen. Come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast. How you doing, Ben? I'm great tonight, Daryl. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, the, the first thing I have to ask you: Patrick Mahomes' fabulous performance in the uh, AFC Championship game against the Titans. A big talking point. What everybody's talking about: Has Patrick Mahomes truly emerged? Is he the new guy in the NFL? Is he the best player in the NFL? And does he have a chance to, that, that maybe we might look at him in the light of Brady being the best player ever in the NFL? I'm going to answer no to both of those, but I think he's certainly knocking on the door right now. He's got a big game coming up against the 49ers, and I think if Patrick Mahomes was not part of the equation, the 49ers would definitely be the clear favorite. I think Mahomes has an amazing opportunity in front of him, though, to perhaps seize the crown as the best player in the NFL uh, for the next, you know, five, ten years, maybe, depending on what happens in, in the Super Bowl coming up. I think if he wins, he has an opportunity to really cement his legacy, and it gives him a great uh, starting point. And I think if he loses, people are still going to be looking around at the likes of Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson as other legitimate front runners for that best player in the NFL, at least, you know, best quarterback. So if I were to ask you right now, who would you say is the best player in the NFL? Really, Russell Wilson. So, would you have Patrick too? Would you have Mahomes too? Would I have where? Mahomes too. I probably have Mahomes three right now. I Lamar's going to win the MVP. I think Wilson is a special talent, though. A lot of people forget, Daryl. Seattle Seahawks are one of the biggest teams in the entire NFL. And 
Russell Wilson pretty much picked that team up and carried them on his back this year. You start putting some good pieces around Russell Wilson, it may be him we're talking about for the next five years, not Patrick Mahomes. So Mahomes is definitely in that conversation. But I think in order to get on Russell's level, he's got to win the Super Bowl this year. How many rings does Patrick Mahomes need to get before we can start considering him an all-time great? I'd say give him three. Not a lot of guys walking around with three rings, Daryl. He's young. He's got a ton of him. I think he's only, what, 24 years old, maybe? Already been to an AFC championship game last year. I say get at least three rings and we can start talking about him as an all-time great. And, I, I, and I'm not going to mince words here. I think he's going to do it, and I think we will be having that discussion at some point. How many rings does he, how many rings does he need to get into that Brady tier? I think he's going to probably need five rings. <laughs> Well, Brady, man, Brady's in a class all of his own. You know, it's, it's hard to compare anybody against Tom Brady, at least when you're when you're looking at rings. I think arm strength-wise, athleticism, Mahomes probably has slight advantage over Tom Brady. But Brady's leadership, his commitment to winning, his decisions to take less money in order to build a better team around him, all of that cannot be forgotten, and we don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to make that kind of decision to take a little bit less uh, to keep a lot of those weapons around him in Kansas City. But I think he's probably going to have to make a decision like that if he wants to be compared to Brady someday. And you look around, you know, even across sports, guys like Tim Duncan, they've done the exact same thing. Now... You know, so kind of appeared uh, Patrick Mahomes, and a guy that I think is compared to Patrick Mahomes a lot, Aaron Rodgers. You know, kind of the Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. He has another postseason loss. Uh, it's been a decade since he won his, won his last Super Bowl. He got dominated. Didn't play all that great against the San Francisco 49ers, even though the 49ers aren't a great team, and we know what they could what they bring to the table. Is this loss a stain on Aaron Rodgers' legacy? I don't think so, Daryl. Everybody, it seems like, myself included, were heavily favoring the 49ers to win the game. I think it'd be safe to say that Green Bay walking into this game were were pretty um, heavy underdogs. Now, with that being said, if Aaron Rodgers only wins one Super Bowl in his entire career, which honestly, it looks like we may be heading in that trajectory, then I think that's going to change some of the narrative on his career to some degree. I think the dude is for sure a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's going to be considered in the category with some of the other all-time greats. I don't think he's going to have a chance maybe to get those comparisons to perhaps guys like Troy Aikman, guys like Joe Montana, Tom Brady, guys that have won multiple Super Bowls. And it's really interesting, too, Ben, when we talk about this and we talk about Aaron Rodgers. 
as talented as he is, how successful as he is, can you put him in the top five quarterbacks of all time? Because you got Brady. You have Montana. You have a guy like John Elway. You have Peyton Manning. I mean, there are a lot of guys in there. You have guys like Terry Bradshaw, guys that have won, guys that have the stats, guys that have the MVPs. How could you justify putting Aaron Rodgers in that higher echelon? I think that some people look at him and just think he needs to his ability to throw on the run, his ability to throw off his back foot, um, just his ability to make some seemingly impossible throws. And I think that that's the allure that puts Aaron Rodgers into that discussion for some people. Now, personally, Daryl, I don't think Rodgers is, is even top 10 all time. Really? At least not right now. I mean, we'll see what he does with the rest of his career. In fact, you know, I think by the time it's all said and done, I think he's going to be considered one of the better quarterbacks of his generation. But I'm, I'm thinking he probably will be a Hall of Famer. But maybe when we're looking at, at things in the bigger picture, people are going to be talking about him as maybe, you know, in the top five for his generation at the quarterback spot. Probably in the discussion with guys like Roethlisberger, Brady, Breeze, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. So you wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers in your top 10 all time. He's 37. There's not much more football left, Ben. Well, he's made one Super Bowl appearance, Daryl. I mean, that's a problem at some point in time. I'm not going to hold this latest loss against him because I think he lost to a better team. And... The other team, I think, had a coaching advantage. But when you look at the entire career as a whole, that is where the questions start creeping in for me. He had an opportunity a few years ago. He lost the NFC Championship game to Atlanta. He lost that seemingly impossible to lose game to the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. It just seems like over time, he hasn't done enough to get the job done. And I, I just cannot justify, in my opinion, putting a guy into the top ten all-time that has one Super Bowl ring. And not only just one Super Bowl ring, only one Super Bowl appearance. Not to mention the fact, Daryl, also, there's a lot of players out there that are speaking out against him and kind of questioning his leadership skills in the locker room. And you just don't hear that about other guys. You don't hear that about Drew Brees. You don't hear that about Tom Brady. You don't hear that about Russell Wilson. Generation before, nobody was saying that about Joe Montana, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. That, to me, sends up a little bit of a red flag. I think for a long time, maybe we've been overrating Aaron Rodgers. Now, when you look back, uh, and actually, because no, you mentioned the name. Would you have, is Russell Wilson higher on your all-time list than Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay, Ben. We know where you stand, Ben. I would, I would say that because I'm looking at it. Russell's won a Super Bowl. Aaron's won a Super Bowl. Russell is certainly more athletic than Aaron Rodgers. Russell got them to a second Super Bowl, and they almost won that Super Bowl. And he's only 31 years old, so he's got a few more years left to potentially get to another Super Bowl. 
maybe win one or two more. And I'm not sure that Aaron Rodgers has that. I don't think that window of opportunity is completely closed in Green Bay. But I'm not necessarily seeing Green Bay beating the Seattle Seahawks, beating the San Francisco 49ers uh, coming up next year and in years to come. Where would you rank Russell Wilson then all time? Right now, he'd also be outside my, my top ten. But, you know, I, I would say, you know, he, he might be breaking the top 20. And it's hard to say because, like I said, he's only 31 years old. Russell Wilson is going to potentially be playing for, you know, a high level for another half decade anyways maybe even a little bit longer. So we kind of have to wait and see where um, where he falls on that measuring stick when it's about 2027. Now I want to go to the 49ers now. How good of a team are the San Francisco 49ers? Because they've really been, the, in my opinion, the most complete team on both offense, defense, special teams, and coaching-wise the whole year. I know Baltimore was fabulous in the regular season, and they even beat San Francisco. But to me, San Francisco's been the team all year. They've kind of shown it in the postseason. How good is San Francisco? I really like them. I like them because they're a physical team. They seem to be able to win the battles on both sides of the trenches. You saw just in the game on Sunday how easily their defensive front was able to get after Aaron Rodgers. And they're just, they're defensively speaking, Daryl, they're loaded. Joey, or not Joey Bosa, uh, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Quan Alexander. They just have guy after guy after guy that can cause disruption. They have uh, Richard Sherman back there. They're just causing chaos and disruption and getting to quarterbacks. And, and it's quite something to see. I'm not as hot on their offense, but I think that that's an area where Kyle Shanahan seems to chime. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I was kind of wait and see on him this year, but I've seen enough at this point in time where I think he's going to be a force for the next decade or so in the league at this point in time. He seems to be able to make kind of clutch clutch plays, he doesn't necessarily have as much talent as an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes, but he seems to be a clutch quarterback, he's smart, and I like some of their offensive pieces too. Uh, George Kittle could potentially be the next Rob Gronkowski. I'm not that hot though, Daryl, on their wide receivers, or necessarily even their running backs at this point in time. I think if there's one kind of Achilles heel for them, it's those other skilled positions when you take George Kittle away on offense. Well, Ben, here's what I would say. Kyle Shanahan, I've never seen this so many times on an NFL team. Everybody's always running open. It doesn't matter who it is. Everybody's always getting open. You can see the play calling and the creativity. They're all, they're always getting arts. They're always moving the football. And then, and then here's the other thing I want to say. The biggest thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, I want your opinion on this from a guy that's been in kind of the Patriot uh, mystique for a little bit. Could we – Jimmy Garoppolo kind of reminds me a little bit of a young Tom Brady, kind of a guy that's cool, calm, under pressure. 
He has that elite coach. He has that elite defense. Maybe not the most talented offense, but you, you kind of feel like he can get the job done and he can operate within the offense. Could we be looking at Jimmy Garoppolo being that kind of like Tom Brady-esque player? Early Tom Brady. I absolutely think he's, he's a very Brady-esque-like player. Just from what I've seen from him, he's had a real limited amount of games, and he's just—he's performed at a really high level every time I've seen him. Now, just like Brady, there's nothing that's eye-popping when I watch him. It's not necessarily one amazing throw, or you know, look at what he's doing now. It, it's watching Garoppolo is not as fun as watching Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Lamar. But Garoppolo seems to be a guy that can get the job done. And I would certainly trust him coming over as a New England Patriot um, product, especially when we consider that I truly believe that he's the guy that Bill Belichick brought in to eventually replace Brady. Do you think Bill Belichick's kicking himself right now that he gave away Jimmy Garoppolo when he kept Tom Brady? about it, but I don't think it was his choice. I think that Robert Kraft kind of forced his hand. And I can't say I blame, you know, either one of them, truthfully. Belichick is a great great coach, and for some positions in particular, him and his staff seem to have a little eye for for talent. Um, He's never hit it out of the park with wide receivers, but he's definitely been able to get a lot of good defensive personnel, quarterbacks he seems to be good, because Jacoby Brissett has also had some success in the NFL. Brian Hoyer. Look at the tight end positions with Gronkowski and Hernandez over the years. So Belichick has a pretty good eye for most things other than wide receivers, so I trust him on that. Um, As far as Kraft goes, though, I, I can't fault the man for saying, hey, wait, Tom's won six Super Bowl rings for us. Let's keep Tom around. I think he might have only won five at the time, but still. Um, I I think that Kraft felt a certain amount of loyalty to Tom Brady. Like, this is our guy. You know, he's done so much for our franchise. We're going to keep him around. We're going to make sure he's comfortable. And, you know, <laughs> we're not good. we're not going to just kick him out uh, because he's done so much. Franchise. If you were in charge, Ben, would you, what would you have done? If you're if you're Robert Kraft, do you listen to Belichick or do you listen to Brady in that situation where Tom wants to stay and Belichick's like, he, we have to go. We have a guy in Jimmy G ready. What do you do? I would have had to have made the same decision Kraft made. I think you can't kick out a player that's as popular as Tom Brady, who's done as much for the franchise as Brady's done. You have to understand, Daryl, where I'm from in the New England area, Tom Brady is worshipped like a hero. It would have been a very bad business move for them to get rid of Tom Brady. And not to mention, too, that even though New England looked bad this year, the year before, Tom Brady won another Super Bowl for him. So, in my argument, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to at least have to win this coming Super Bowl to even ask the question. 
because, you know, then it's really Super Bowl for Super Bowl. I think if Garoppolo goes out, he wins five or six Super Bowls someday. Yeah, maybe we'll have a, a legitimate discussion about that. But right now, I completely agree with Robert Kraft. Now, I want to talk about this now, right? Because... So many people have been, and you even heard Stephen A. Smith kind of broke Twitter when he uh, mentioned Tom Brady to the Tennessee Titans. Everybody's talking about it. Will Tom Brady stay or go? Do you? Th- and then people on Twitter, which I thought was crazy, started saying that Ryan Tannehill is better than Tom Brady. Now, first, but I have to ask you this: You agree with me, right? Ryan Tannehill is not better than Tom Brady. Am I correct in saying that? I one hundred percent believe that. I'm not even sure right now I would take Tannehill over Brady. The argument can be made, yeah, Ryan's a little bit younger. He's maybe more, more, you know, in his prime right now. Brady's a little bit older. He's obviously really in the twilight of his career. But I don't know if Ryan Tannehill is capable of winning a Super Bowl at all. And I think a lot of maybe some of his weaker areas are getting masked somewhat because he's got Derrick Henry in the backfield. And when you have a player that's as prolific as Derrick Henry, that takes a lot of pressure off of your quarterback. And that kind of opens a lot of things up for you downfield to make some of those throws a little bit easier. If Tennessee has Tom Brady, do they win uh, that AFC Championship game against the Chiefs? Really? So you haven't been closer? I think so. I think it could potentially be close enough to go to overtime again like it did last year. Now, I do want to ask you this too about uh, Nick Bosa very quickly. Uh, Is he the best Bosa brother? Who's better, Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa? I think they're both potentially Hall of Famers someday, you know, even though we're talking way, way long range on that. But I I think, Daryl, that Nick Bosa is a big reason why his team's headed to the Super Bowl. And I haven't seen Joey Bosa make that kind of impact for the Chargers. Not even close. Who do you think was better coming out of college? I would probably still go with Nick. I think that it's a little bit hard because I think there was maybe more talented players coming out when Joey was coming out. So he had to maybe share that limelight a little bit more. Whereas Nick was kind of the biggest star, it seems like, in the draft at that time. Okay, now, Ben. I do want to talk about college football now. Um, I did not get your take on the game. Uh, I'm just going to give you my takeaway. And we talked about this too briefly before, about a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. LSU, 
established, probably best team of, of really my lifetime on college football. I don't know about you. Uh, it, it, it'd be tough to argue. They dominated the SEC West, right? Toughest division in college football. Dominated the SEC, the toughest conference in college football. Dominated a Clemson team that people don't realize how what Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence have been doing over there with Travis Etienne and T. Higgins and all those guys. And Isaiah Simmons, they're monsters. And LSU, once they figured out, just blew them out. Is LSU the best college football team we've ever seen? I think I'm going to go with yes on that, Daryl. Like I said, I've only been watching college ball for about 15 years or so, but to me, I think they're just the most complete team I've ever seen. When you factor in the record-breaking season Joe Burrow had, when you factor in just how many weapons LSU had on the offensive side of the football, I kind of just already knew that this was going to happen to Clemson. They are just had this feeling like they just couldn't keep up on offense, and that's essentially what happened. I the only team that I could compare LSU to at all that I've ever seen would maybe be uh, the way they show on turf with the Rams in the NFL. Really? To me, I think there's just a lot of similarities. Kurt Warner, hot, accurate, throwing the ball all over the field. Joe Burrow, the same. Big-time wide receivers, Jefferson, Chase, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce. You know, um, running backs, both of them dominant. I just think they played very much like the Rams did when they were the greatest show on turf, only like a college football version of that. They are, in my opinion, the best college team I've ever seen. Now, I do want to ask you this because uh, Joel uh, Claude uh, made a really interesting point on Cal uh, Cowherd's radio show that I thought was really interesting. I want your perspective on this as a guy that watches a lot of football. He compared... Uh, actually, Ben, guess who he compared Joe Burrows to? His pro comparison, guess. Tony Romo? No. This guy's in the Hall of Fame. Steve Young? You're getting closer. Can you give me one more shot at this? Yeah, one more shot. You're, you're really close. You're right there. You're really close. I'll go with Brett Favre. Oh, you went farther away. He compared him to <laughs> Joe Montana. You see Joe Montana and Joe Burroughs? Uh, I got to be honest with you, Terrell. I don't see Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And a lot of, um, you know, what kind of weapons he has around him, 
she's not going to be accustomed to having less. So I think it's kind of a wait and see for Joe Burrow. My prediction with him is I, I do think he's going to be good enough to be a starter in the NFL. I'm not necessarily sure I'm seeing greatness for him in the NFL, but I'm definitely seeing him as, as, as a guy that can probably eventually lead the Bengals to the playoffs. Okay, so you're not seeing any Joe Cool right there. I'm not. Maybe I'm missing it, but I'm not seeing it. Are you seeing it? Uh, no, no. I, I, I will say this. Uh, a guy that Joe Montana is compared to is Tom Brady. And I guess maybe you, you could say a little bit of, I, I see a little bit of Brady and Burrow just as a guy that, like, like Brady wasn't a finished product when he came out of college. Like, kind of like how Joe Burrow was last year. Like, kind of like Brady progressively, like Peyton was always considered better. You know, people said Breeze was better. Then it's like Brady just takes it up to a whole other level with those 50 touchdowns of Randy Moss, and we're like, what the hell's going on? Kind of like Burroughs, I think both of them kind of have a way of not being phased. They just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. I, I would say that part reminds me, and the leadership, too. I think Joe Burroughs is a great leader. I think his teammates love him. I, I, I think he has some Brady-like qualities, but that's as deep as I'll go. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think he's a little bit um, potentially. I think he has maybe more diva quality than Tom Brady had. I'm not sure about this yet, and I don't have a lot to base it on. But that just to me, from from what I have seen with him, I worry a little bit about that for him. Like the other day when they're doing the interview with him and he's got his sunglasses on and, and they're asking him, like, you know, well, what team does he want to play for and things like that, whichever team will pay me. I, I just, I don't think that's kind of how Tom Brady would have done it. Which is fine, Joe's his own guy, but I, 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 I think there might be a little bit of diva in Joe. Did, did you like how Joe, at the end of the game, before the game was over, kind of pointed at his had his hand like, well, you know, where's my ring? Pointed at his fingers like, where's my ring? No, I wasn't a big-time fan of that. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I didn't think it was, I guess, completely out of bounds. I think he was just excited. And you got every right to be excited. They've had an amazing season. Now, can I... Because you've been a skeptic of Joe Burrow, just like I kind of have, and I, and I still see... I hear in your voice that you still are kind of a skeptic of him, Ben. Would you say, because we, we saw him thoroughly, we thought we saw him out-duel to attack Veloa in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We saw him do that on the road. We saw him go blow for blow and out-duel Trevor Lawrence, a guy that's never lost at this level in college football. Is he a better prospect than both of those two guys? Uh, no, I don't think so. If I had to choose between him and Trevor Lawrence tomorrow, I would choose Trevor Lawrence. You have no doubts after that game? Well, I just think Trevor's a better quarterback, man. I, I, I like his size. I like his physicality when he runs. I just think that long-term, he's maybe going to be a little bit more durable and a little bit better. I'm also not going to put a ton of stock and Joe's win at Tuscaloosa this year because Tua Tangaloa was injured 
I mean, he was trying his best. He was hanging tough, but I think it really said more about Tua than Joe, truthfully, because Tua was really, really banged up. Um, and he, he kept it pretty darn close despite the head. I almost wonder had he been happy if Alabama would have won the game. Well, that's a whole topic for another day. I, well, Ben, if you're asking me, I, I, I still think that Alabama should have got the fourth seed <laughs> over Oklahoma, but that's just me. Yeah. I would pick Lawrence out of all three of them, though. He'd be my guy. Yeah, I would. Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Anytime, Daryl. Always good to be on the show. Thank you. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast, for coming on the show. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode, the 123rd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk! <laughs>